Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 26, featuring the top five TOS underrated. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse, and I am the host of the Trek Ranks podcast. And tonight, I'm being joined by a bunch of very special guests. And we're going to start another series of shows here on Trek Ranks. So tonight, we're doing our top five TOS underrated which that doesn't necessarily mean just our top five underrated episodes like we normally do. So we're going to break it down a little more detail round by round, but we'll get into that a a little bit later in our diagnostic cycle. And eventually we'll do one of these uh, shows for every series. So we'll do TNG underrated, DS9 underrated, et cetera. So, So first, let's talk about who is joining me tonight. First up, making his long-awaited return to Trek Ranks is the founder of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network and my good friend, Mr. Jeff Hewlett. Jeff, welcome back to the show, buddy. Been way too long. Ah, thank you, Jim. I uh, Apologies to the Trek Ranks community. I, I've been meaning to come back. Things have just been extremely busy lately and uh, finally got me back with this TOS-themed episode. I couldn't resist. Well, Jeff's been propping up the Tricorder Transmissions Network, and I think uh, any longtime listeners will know that Jeff was my co-host for like the first half a dozen or ten shows or so, yep. and really, really, he was basically just helping me get this thing launched, because I didn't know what I was doing, and I still don't. Yeah, man. I was super proud of you, man. You really you really hit the ground running with Trek Ranks. Well, it's, I love it. Labor of love. All right. If that wasn't enough, we've also got joining us tonight... Two of our very good, very talented friends from five-year mission, everyone's favorite Star Trek band, Mr. Mike Rittenhouse and Mr. Andy Fark. Are you there, guys? <laughs> you jerks. This is what we're going to have all night. This is what's going to happen all night. We didn't even play in that. Mike and I just, just shut up like we were just messing with you. Hi, guys. Fancy to be here. Hi. <laughs> Mike's Mike's super excited. How long is this going to take? <laughs> we <laughs> Listen, so we got a new album coming out, April 27th, year 4. Nice. So, yeah, it's, and tonight is not only going to be about TOS underrated, it's also going to be a celebration of 5-year mission, a oh. band that you guys should totally be listening to. So we're going to yeah. get into all that. They are writing a song about every episode of Star Trek and uh they are awesome. The original series yeah, Star Trek: The Original Series. No, no, you're going all 700. We're gonna do have you want us? Do you want us to die, Jim? <laughs> Seriously, my original plan going. was to do 700. Good lord, you suck so bad. <laughs> of course it was. All right, so let's run through our quick Trek ranks recalibration, so we don't waste any more time getting into tonight's awesome topic. First up, I think as regular listeners will know by now, general order number one here at the Trek Ranks podcast is that we love Trek. And we love to rank Trek via some deep dive topics to really just get the conversation started. And literally my favorite thing to do is talk about Star Trek. So that's half the reason we even have this podcast and why it exists. So hopefully when you listen to the show, you have some fun with it. And as our good friend, the Vulcan Master, likes to remind us each week, the main driver for all of our discussion here at the Trek Ranks podcast is... Infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. 
That's right. Our mantra here is no wrong answers. This podcast was literally created so we can just talk about all the things we love about Star Trek. And we love it all from TOS to TNG, straight through to Enterprise and the Kelvin timeline and now Discovery. So it's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks podcast. All right. So before we jump into our level one diagnostic, let's quickly power up the Argus array so everyone knows exactly how they can hail us. Hailing frequencies are open. For Trek Ranks, as you might expect, you can check us out on the World Wide Web at trekranks.com and at the tricordertransmissions.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message with your own picks, you can do that at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. I'll give you that number again at the end of the show. You can also find the Tricorder Transmissions on Facebook. And for those of you enjoying all of our shows here on the network, including now Shore Leave, Disco Trek, Polytrex, Reading Trek, Drawing Trek, Trek Profiles, too many shows to list, really. You can support the network over at Patreon, patreon.com slash the Tricorder Transmissions. And we appreciate all the support and all the interaction we get from, from our listeners, of course. And in regards to that interaction, you can reach me on Twitter at TrekRanks and also at Enterprise Extra. So please reach out anytime. We'd love to hear from you guys and love to uh, to share your picks with everyone following us. All right. So to wrap it up, Jeff, would you like to tell everybody how they can get a hold of you? Sure. Yeah. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, I am Warp Factor Jeff over there. And uh, you can also find me at uh, the TricorderTransmissions.com and in the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas convention group on Facebook. And five-year mission, Mike and Andy. What's the best way to get a hold of you guys? At five, that's the number five-year mission on Twitter and also on Instagram. And then we're also on Facebook. Just search five, the word five, this time around, year mission. <laughs> so confusing. Right? Because because some b-holes keep no, on taking, no, all, it's, taking all their other stuff. It's perfect because now they can find you both ways. So That's right. We like both ways. <laughs> I know you do. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. I think we're ready to activate our level one diagnostic to get into today's show. Diagnostic cycle will be complete in 20 seconds. All right. So this week's diagnostic is actually pretty critical in terms of how we're making our picks this week. So we're not just picking five random items that we want to highlight as our top five TOS underrated. We did this uh, with our Discovery Season 1 Top 5 Moments show uh, a few episodes ago. So we're going to categorize our rounds a little bit to cover more ground. And so here's how we're going to break it down. Our top five TOS underrated. In round five, we're each going to pick an underrated production design element. That's something I love. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff. So it could be anything like your favorite ship or a prop or a costume or musical score, visual effects, whatever you want to do. In round four, we're going to choose our TOS underrated performer or actor. So this topic is all about a performance on screen that you think is unheralded and maybe should be remembered more prominently, something that's that's maybe been overlooked. Round three is the Dabo round. It's complete wild card rounds. So you can pick anything you want to highlight as an underrated in, in TOS. Episode, writer, production design, whatever, whatever you want to hit on. Round two is all about your pick as an underrated character. So you can pick pretty much uh, you know, somebody with who just had a good storyline or 
kind of a background guy you wanted to see more of, however you want to look at that one. And round one, of course, it's what we do at Trek Ranks. It's what's your most underrated TOS episode? And then in our secondary systems, we'll get a few more outlying picks if anyone has any. So Jeff, Mike, Fark, let's jump into our prime directive. I do not concur with your captain's decision. She's following our prime directive. Define prime directive. All right, we're going to get through this fast. I'm just going to quickly jump in with my prime directive, which really was just straight brainstorming with the goal to to shine a little light on a few under-celebrated moments and characters and episodes and Trek. So I'm wondering how you guys looked at it. Andy, let's start with you, sir. <laughs> Why'd you sound all sassy calling on me? <laughs> Andy... Uh, basically like, uh, like we were discussing before, before we started recording, um, uh, when it comes to TOS, it's really hard to think of things that are underrated because so many things are so iconic when it comes to the original series. So basically I was just kind of going through with things that I didn't normally hear too many people discussing about, you know, like cosplays that you don't normally see episodes. You don't really hear all that much about, um, and you know, one of mine is probably going to be one of those ones where everyone's going to like, I'm going to have to go back and watch that. All so, right. Yeah, that's basically how I kind of went about it. Just basically went through and decided what I thought people should talk about more. Those are pretty much my favorite picks when people say, I want to go watch that. Uh, Mike, how about you? Oh, kind of the same thing. Um, yeah. Like what Andy was saying, no matter what you choose, it, it could be the smallest thing. Somebody out there is going to be like, that's not underrated. That's the greatest thing ever. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, none of this stuff is truly underrated because it's Star Trek. But um, basically, I, uh, I I just tried to think about episodes that might be lesser watched and characters that were really great that are kind of forgotten because there's so much other content that people yep. care about. Maybe we should have called this show unheralded instead of underrated, but underrated is uh, makes it more exciting. Jeff, how about you? What uh, anything special in how you approach this? Well, you know, I, being a, a, a TOS fan, I mean, you know, I've I've done so much TOS podcasting in my day, and it's always been my favorite series. Um, you know, I wasn't really sure how to approach this because I, I feel like a lot of TOS has become more underrated as time has gone on with so many new series that came out after it. Uh, and especially now with discovery. And I, I love that they're going back to the, the, you know, the Pike days in the next season and looking forward to seeing more of that. And I, I don't know, I, I kind of just went through my, the list of TOS episodes and wrote down everything that stood out to me in my mind that fit all the different rounds and uh, just tried to boil it down as best I could. And there's just so much stuff that I wanted to include on this. It was much harder than I had initially thought. So um, I, I think my, my list really just calls out what I really feel are the, the, the most underrated things in my own mind uh, after talking to other Trek fans at conventions and hearing their opinions on certain episodes and certain characters. And, uh, you know, so I just try to highlight those things that I, I, I think I remember a lot of people, uh, you know, either trashing or just not generally liking that I absolutely loved. So that's kind of how it might be defending a few picks. I, I like it. Absolutely. 
All right, I think we're ready to enter into a standard orbit and jump into the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. All right, so just a quick reminder on how we're going to go through the order of things. First, each of us will reveal our five-word summary and a hashtag for our selections. And after that, we'll reveal our picks for our underrated topics. And then we'll just talk about it a little bit. And at the end, we'll maybe go through a few secondary system selections for any picks that maybe just missed our list. And if we end up having any duplicate picks, make sure you listen for this sound. Those are the Defiant Torpedoes. But I'm not sure we're going to have any duplicates today. One thing I do know for sure is there's going to be a lot of people listening saying what, what Mike said earlier. That's not underrated. That's my favorite episode. All right. Let's jump into this, Mike. We're going to start with you. So what is your number five pick, round five, TOS underrated production design element? V'ger's dad is a dick. Hashtag <laughs> sterilize. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm referring to Nomad. Fantastic. <laughs> From the Changeling. So great. And why did you pick Nomad, Mike? I, I chose Nomad because uh, it's just a really cool prop, and uh, it, I, you know, I, I mean, it just looks like you know, to some people, it might just look like a box with lights on a string, but you know, it's pretty awesome. This is exactly why we're doing this topic. I mean, that <laughs> I love Nomad. It's so cool, and the way they shot it, where sometimes it's a string hanging down, and then other times it's clearly on a dolly, <laughs> right. You know, Jim, I got to say, one of the things that's the most impressive about that episode is how well they kept Nomad so steady in so many of those shots. That blew my mind. I mean, you know, we we all know as TOS fans, we all know how limited that budget was back then. And man, you 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 look at the Blu-rays and you you try to detect some, you know, swinging motion or something in that in that robot as it's hovering around. But man. I I still to this day can't believe that they were able to pull that off so well. Yeah, it it is so impressive. They must have done it when they were when he was moving. They must have cut before they it stopped, right? They must have done a quick jump cut. Because there's no way they could actually it would if you're moving it across the room on the string, it's gonna keep swinging when they when they stop it. So uh, that is a great pick and your five words is perfect because Feature's dad was a dick. I mean, that guy. Totally. <laughs> All right, Andy, how about you? What's your number five pick? Oh, uh, let's see. My five words are sleeveless Kirk will kill you. Hashtag pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and I'm talking about uh, Kirk's death mirror mm-hmm. from uh, from Mirror Mirror. Oh, I love I, it. Yeah, I mean, because like it's in his quarters and he could just basically pinpoint anywhere on the ship and just be like, pew, button touch, you're dead. And plus, I just love the way it looks. I've always wanted like a recreation of one of those hanging in my house just to like threaten my kids with. It's like, get in the bath. No, I'm about to push the mirror button. That is pretty dark. Hell, heck yeah, it is. I'm a dark guy. You know this. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I love the Tantalus Field pick. That is so good. And oh, thank you. I could, for some reason, the name of it was escaping me. I just, I've just always called it Kirk's Death Mirror. Even better. Uh, 
it's such a great uh, premise. And I, and I kept thinking of Discovery. I was kept thinking, oh, are we going to see the Tantalus field somewhere? I don't know. No. Oh, we never I did. didn't think about that. We never did. Uh, that was a much more than a plot device. I love the way they utilize that, especially at the end when uh, – when, what was her name? Uh, Mar- not uh, Arlene. Arlene. Marlena. 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 Uh, when she – zaps everybody so that uh it's just going to be a two-person fight at the end right everyone except Sula. yes right magically right. Yeah. <laughs> that was great okay awesome pick from mirror mirror jeff how about you what's your number five pick all right my five words are twisted abstract alien torture chamber hashtag damn it's dark in here <laughs> My pick is the Alien Laboratory set from The Empath. Ooh, okay. This is totally yeah. underrated because some people will say, what yeah. is that? Is the- yeah, well, well, well I, was, I just mentioned before, and, and we all agreed that we knew the budget was really tight, especially in season three, oh, yeah. right? And, you know, it, it heavily impacted the set design for these episodes. But, man, what they managed to pull off with that set, as sparse as it was, mm-hmm. I think it really set the exact mood that they were trying to achieve, like the emptiness, the isolation, the hopelessness of that set. Um, and, and not only that, to pull off in that set, to pull off one of the most, I think, disturbing scenes in TOS with that extreme torture uh, of Dr. McCoy. I mean, that was pretty friggin' dark, man. God. I mean, even watching that today and, uh, you know, with, with the, you know, the effects that we see on TV and in movies today, we look back and go, God, that was horrible. Terrible. But, Man, they really used it uh, to its fullest. And I think it led to one of the most purest displays of, of compassion and dedication to his oath that he's ever made yeah. on that series. You know, he's faced with his own death and and knowing that he can possibly survive uh, through the hands of, of Jem. And he refuses, you know, saying he can't take her life in exchange for his own. I mean, absolutely amazing. And I think it's so underrated. So yeah, underrated. it really is. The the sparseness of it, the hopelessness of it is conveyed so well with what you said. I love it. And okay. this is, uh, I'm a, I usually do stats at the end. We already have two torture picks. And I'm going to go <laughs> on the record and say, I have a third one coming up later. So a little tease for one of my picks that is a little bit similar to these, but different. So uh, yeah, all right. That's an awesome, awesome pick. Clearly, they saved some money uh, for the empath on Spectre of the Gun. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That is the kind of wise observation that we have five-year mission off for. Fantastic. At least they had walls. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. (laughs) All right. So my number five pick for underrated production design element is probably one that's really not that underrated, but I wanted to highlight it. And it's my five words in the hashtag is old school background paintings, hashtag AKA matte paintings. And of course it's the matte paintings that you see at the, really there's, there's four major ones. I, I love the matte paintings. I've loved them since I was a little kid. They always just blew me away and they just made the world of Trek so much bigger, especially when they kind of integrated them into into live action scenes where where Kirk was beaming down or something. So basically, I'm highlighting the the Rigel Seven, the big the big castle that's so famous from the Menagerie and the Cage. Oh yeah, yeah, that one's awesome. Yep, Delta Vega, where, where no man has gone before. Uh, Amini R Seven has a good like cityscape from A Taste of Armageddon, and yeah, of yeah. course Janus Six, the the cave, the underground cavern there from The Devil in the Dark. So I love them. That just they're so 
so beautiful. So, oh, and the guy who painted them, I had in my notes, is Albert Whitlock. So he did all four of them. And that's the guy who's really underrated because nobody knows that guy's name. The yeah, the right. city from Cloud Miners is another one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's another good one. Although, oh yeah, there were a lot of good matte paintings in Cloud Miners. You know, when they're on the ground looking up, or in the early part of the episode, just phenomenal yep. stuff. All right, let's move to round four and jump into our underrated TOS performer or actor. So, Mike, what's your uh, number four pick? Is that a reverse soul patch? Hashtag best brows and Stratos. Oh my goodness! Are you picking what's his name, Jeff Corey? Yeah, Je- Jeff Corey. Oh man, that is he played a- Plasis in the Cloud Miners. That's why Cloud Miners was so fresh on my mind. That's true. <laughs> oh, that is. You have some amazing eyebrows. And uh, I, I almost went with the dog from Enemy Within, but I decided to to switch it to, to <laughs> Jeff Corey. Jeff Corey's a legend, right? He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, I, I was looking at his his IMDb list, um, but I mean, now of course it all escapes me. But yeah, he was in a ton of stuff. He was in uh, the westerns, True Grit, and he was in uh, Butch Cassidy. Yeah, Butch Cassidy. Yeah. yeah, Jeff Corey. All right, I love this pick. I love uh, Plasis. Guy's a jackass. Any, yeah. <laughs> any other thoughts on Plasis, guys? I I just I just remember he was very very proper, but I the, throughout the whole episode I couldn't help but stare at his eyebrows. <laughs> uh, I like how well he dealt with wearing a robe backwards for the entire episode, <laughs> like he was in like a super <laughs> hospital. Uh, underrated costume design: the backward robe. Totally. <laughs> totally. That's, that's some class right there. Uh, I love it. All right, Andy, what's your uh, what's your number four pick? Underrated TOS actor or performer? All right. Five words are ever eat those bugles chips. Hashtag are you drunk? Uh, <laughs> so my uh, underrated actor is Mr. William Wyndon, a.k.a. Commodore Matt yes. Decker from the Doomsday Machine. And again, you know, I, I don't really think of him as or shouldn't be underrated but i don't think he gets his due when like everyday trek fans are talking about trek because he was phenomenal in that episode Mm. i mean he he sacrifices his life after going bat crap crazy and crashes uh a runabout into the, the the giant space bugle and saves everybody. <laughs> Those are called shuttle crafting. I know. How, I know. how did it take me that long? I, 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 I just, I, I, I just got done with re- rewatching DS Nine, so I keep on, I keep on referring to him as a runabout. How guy. did I, it take me that long to figure out that's what you meant by the bugles? Got it. Yes, it is a big, right? <laughs> a little slow on the uptake, Jim. Big, big space bugle. Space bugle. That, that's the whole point. Is uh, that's the thing that everyone remembers from the episode. Uh, the, the second thing they remember is Decker, but they usually remember him as just this crazy guy that that goes goes nuts and steals a shuttlecraft. Yeah, that's why we broke down the the categories this way because you would never pick Decker as an underrated character because everybody remembers right. Decker, but not that many people know William Winden. You know, I do because I'm a big dork, yeah. oh. but he's uh, well, he deserves yeah. to be right up there in the in the upper echelon of uh, of names you remember from Trek for that performance. Yeah, oh, I mean, he was. Uh, he, I, th- I think that was probably one of the, my favorite performances in all of the original series. Was him as Matt Decker, just because he did such a good job, and he had to convey so many different different emotions in that, and just in that one episode. And then, plus, going through and looking at like his his IMDb and realizing all the stuff that he was in, like throughout, like 
the fifties, like through then through the nineties is insane. Yeah. He was in like miracle on 34th street to kill a mockingbird. He was, he was even in, she's having a baby with Kevin Bacon. Oh, wow. That is quite a cross section. Yeah. All right. Exactly. William winning, getting a shout out on Trek ranks. We love it. Jeff, what's your number four pick? Ah, oh, I'm probably going to mess up my five words. Cause it's uh three words are repeated in it, but, uh, I'll try hard anyway. Uh, it's my five words are female Kirk out Kirk's Kirk. I actually did it. Uh, hashtag Star Trek Freaky Friday. My number four pick is Sandra Smith as Dr. Janice Lester and Captain Kirk in Turnabout wow. Intruder. So this is a fascinating yeah. pick. Yeah, man. I always enjoy when an actor or actress plays a character who is also uh, in turn playing another character uh, on TV. It's such a challenge uh, for an actor uh, or actress to, uh, you know, to act, period. But to try to imitate someone else uh, is, is even harder. So, uh, you know, of course, in this episode, Shatner does the same thing and he pulls it off pretty well, but he's not underrated. Of so course. I couldn't pick him. Uh, but Sandra Smith, I think plays a, a fantastic revenge bent, uh, Dr. Lester, but, uh, and you can't help sympathize with her and her motives for doing what she did. But once she becomes Kirk, uh, through the body switch, uh, she has to do her best Shatner Kirk impression. And man, I, I think she does it so convincingly mm -hmm. in this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, she pulls off Kirk's mannerisms, uh, his style of speech. Uh, it, it just seems so believable to me that she's actually, you know, Kirk's actually in a, a woman's body. Uh, even her interactions with McCoy and Spock are just absolutely spot on. I, I just felt like she deserved a shout out for not only is she underrated, but the episode itself, I think, is is greatly underrated. Well, most people would trash this episode because of the... But 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 I love whether but that's beside the point. This is why we're doing this episode because Sandra Smith's performance, what, regardless of what you think of the episode, is spectacularly underrated mm -hmm. for sure. It is, and that is absolutely. an awesome pick. Oh, what do you guys think? Thank you, sir. Oh, I I absolutely agree. I mean, that's it. They, I mean, considering what a weird weird final episode of Star Trek the original series it was. Uh, yeah, her performance had did, that, that's the one thing that truly stood out to me about, about that episode was it was her performance and like pulling off the the Kirk impersonation. I, I love whenever they're having like a like sometimes at conventions they'll have like a panel room where they're showing like the the final episodes of every series <laughs> and they show turned about the truth. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry, but it is what it is. <laughs> Underappreciated. All right. So let's jump into my number four pick to close out this round. And we've got my five words and a hashtag. I am Galt, Master Thrall, hashtag. And this is Triskelion. And it's underrated actor Joseph Ruskin, who's one of my all-time favorites, by the way, outside of Trek. But he was Galt from the gamesters of Triskelion and the guy's amazing. He had an unbelievable career. He's he, I think most notably he was in uh, the twilight zones to serve man. He was the, the voice of the big alien, but he's also in mm -hmm. outer limits, some other twilight zones, the magnificent seven, the guy's super underrated. And as Galt, I mean, holy crap, the, his, his, he's just so creepy you never see his hands. He's got the glittery bald head, when he when he walks, he looks like he's just kind of gliding along or being pulled, and it's a, it's a 
awesome performance. They they jack up his voice with the little electronic. So it's it's a some people think it's a little campy or goofy, maybe. I do not. Those people are wrong. I love this performance. And I'm picking him as my underrated performer for TOS, but I could have just as easily picked him as the overall Trek underrated performer of all time. Because so get this, he he didn't appear in TNG the series, but he did appear in Insurrection. So if you count that, and you know that we do here at Trek Ranks, we totally count that. Joseph Ruskin is the only actor to appear on screen in TOS, TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise, which is pretty unbelievable. All five uh, series before Discovery. And to make this pick even more meta, I didn't plan this when I picked him because he was just someone that had come to me and I was going to do it. I realized that you have heard Joseph Ruskin's voice on every episode of Trek Ranks because he is the Vulcan master from Voyager that greets us with the infinite diversity in every episode. So I love that. When I realized that after I picked him, I was like, oh, that kind of fits. So what do you guys think of Joseph Ruskin as Galt? Yeah, he was the high point of of the Gamesters for me. I mean, that episode – it's not amongst my favorites, but his performance is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I like that groan, Jeff. The, that episode, uh. <laughs> it's top 20 at Trek ranks. I just love the campiness of it. I love it. I love the fighting. I, I think that episode's yeah. awesome. No, this is this is probably in my top, I would say 15 of, of TOS episodes. Awesome. So, yeah, I highly agree. We're on the same page there. Can we just say that Kirk's uh, slash marks on his chest are some of the most overrated? <laughs> no, they look. Yes. It looks like real. It's scarring. It looks like legitimate scarring that would have happened over about a month. Not. Uh... Do you drink <laughs> when you when you whenever you watch this? Episode, I man? I can come up with a good excuse for anything in Trek. All right, let's go to round three, the Dabo round, and get started with Mike. What's your wild card pick? <laughs> All right, you guys ready for this? Ready. <clears throat> yep. Freaky Friday night death slot. <laughs> Hashtag feminism. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yep. Uh, my uh, my choice for this is Bill Shatner and Sandra Smith, and uh, how good they are at imitating each other. Oh man. Yeah. And and he even he even used the Freaky Friday thing in his notes. He like he showed me as Jeff Jeff was doing he was he was like, Man That is impossible. How did that just happen? Both, I know. I know. That's crazy. So I mean obviously we don't need to discuss it much more, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought I thought both of them were awesome. I mean Shatner did a fantastic job at acting, you know, not like Kirk. Yeah, I think I think uh I like that you, your spin on this is a little bit different from Jeff's because of the of the round it's in. That it does you are able to highlight Kirk more here because obviously Shatner's not underrated. But this episode and those two performances, as we said before, are so underrated. They really are so strong. Also, I thought you know in my five words, I also mentioned Friday Night Death Slot because this is the last episode and the show got canceled because it was in the Friday Night Death Slot. Yeah. Oh yeah. And also, uh, when I when I was when I was looking back at this episode uh, to prepare for this, uh, I was checking out Kirk's hair, <laughs> and uh, it, his hair got really cool in the third season. Yes, it did. You guys notice that? Like, it just got slightly got shaggier. Wavier. It just it just looked good. <laughs> Look good. Yeah, cut that makeup budget. 
Yeah. I, I am speechless that we had two Sander Smith shout outs on a Trek underrated. I love it. That's amazing. Fantastic. And also freaky Friday. And two freaky well. Friday messages. All right, Andy, what is your double round pick? Round three. Uh, I went with an underrated scene, Ooh. and that is the final scene of, uh, of of May That Be Your Last Battlefield. My fa- my five words are, keep on running, Goofy Beal, hashtag Menace Ministry of Silly Runs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wait, wait, wait. So you're, Just, you're picking the run through the hallways with all the stock yes. footage that they're just basically killing yes. time with like, <laughs> the burning cities in the back, like over, over top of, over top of the film. And they're just running through the halls, but especially the way that Beale runs <sighs> is the funniest thing I have ever seen. I could watch that oh, on yeah. loop for a good hour and just keep on giggling. Oh, yeah. We'll make a great looping gif. All right, now see, that, now this, that, anybody listening, this is your homework. Go back and watch probably the last three minutes oh. of, 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 of the episode May That Be Your Last Battlefield and watch Beale in particular running through the halls. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't pump his arms. He keeps them in front of his chest and just kind of moves them up and down and it's the funniest it, thing in the world what a pick and it is hilarious as is this pick i cannot stop laughing anybody else want to comment on the awesome time time filling oh, edit of two half white <laughs> half black men running through the halls of the enterprise black on the oh, right God, yeah, that, no, no always cracked me up that running scene always what was that what was that mike we're we're arguing over which side we're on here. Wow. <laughs> so great! All right, let's Light on the fantastic right. pick, Fark. That is that is why we're doing this episode. Highly under. All right, Jeff. What is your round three pick? Uh, Jim, I, I have to thank you for being the architect of uh, the Dabo round because uh, I there was a performance that I really wanted to include as my yep. number four pick, but I I, I couldn't exclude Sandra Smith as my number four. So it was really killing me. This was like my hardest choice uh, in this whole uh, episode. So uh, so my my fourth round pick uh, is actually going to be my third round pick with a little bit of a twist. And, and my five words are a dish best served gassy. And my hashtag is Captain Tiberius Ahab. It is Shatner's performance in Obsession. Oh, right. Yeah, I think... Uh, for all intents and purposes, this is Captain Kirk's Captain Ahab episode. And I think Shatner just really nails the Captain hell-bent on revenge bit. I mean, uh, I mean almost gives uh, Decker a run for his money, but but not, not quite. It's close. Uh, Shatner does, I think, an impressive job dialing up his agitation level as the episode goes on. And as Kirk becomes more and more unhinged uh, and, and wanting to, to kill that gas cloud and risking the crew and his own life in the process. I mean, comparing his performance to uh, other high tension Kirk episodes um, like The Enemy Within and and Mirror Mirror with the, the mirror Kirk being so over the top. I, I think this episode compared to that, those episodes really points out the more nuanced and, and controlled performance that Shatner gives here. And I think this episode showcases Shatner's real acting skill. I mean, I know people love to lampoon uh, Shatner's acting, but it, it, watching this, it's hard to deny. I think that the guy's got some some serious acting chops. That's another awesome pick and an underrated episode for sure. Who knows? Maybe oh, big time, maybe big time. I love that episode. 
it's uh yeah it's a such a deep performance that's how i always think of it because you can you learn a lot about his backstory and the way he's thinking Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's one of those continuity episodes where it helps kind of inform all the rest of kirk so yeah totally essential episode on uh our original mission oh i like that how about uh mike and annie what do you guys think yeah, that's a, that's actually one of them. That's probably also in my top fifteen TOS episodes. Just because I mean, you get to see nice. Kirk in just such a manic state, and like nobody can like talk any sense to him whatsoever, and yeah. he's just just laser laser totally. focused on just you know obliterating this gas cloud, and it's just amazing. Yeah. It's, 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 an, it's amazing performance. I really like. And so contrary for Kirk too. Yeah. Sorry, Mike, oh no, ahead. absolutely it is. Uh, I really yeah. like the song by Five Year Mission. Oh yeah! Great oh, I was going to say that you cut me off. It's, a, it's also a great, great, great Five Year Mission show. By uh, that's Noah, right? Noah Butler. That's right. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's close out round three with my number three pick. I teased it a little bit before. It my five words and a hashtag is it kind of gives it away. Doctor Corey hanging on a wall. Hashtag always freaks me out. And my it's it's basically from Whom Gods Destroy at the very the opening of Whom Gods Destroy. It's a scene when Dr. Corey is given Kirk and Spock a tour of the uh, Elba Two Insane Asylum or the the facility for uh, for criminals. And they walk around the corner, and in the background, Dr. Corey is hanging on a wall. And it is I don't know why that scene always stuck with me. I always thought it was really underrated. It's creepy as hell. And the way they shot it where it's like Dr. He's standing there. It's just really tricky camera work. And it's, uh, it's just, I don't know. I it gave me nightmares when I was a kid. So I love that scene. And we have three torture picks. What is wrong with us? Three torture picks in the first three rounds of this episode. <laughs> We're dark. Any, uh, any comments on Dr. Corey hanging on a wall and whom gods destroy? <laughs> I mean, what else? What else can you really say, honestly? I mean, seriously, because yeah. I mean, that's just a weird, creepy scene. And for the '60s, I mean, that's just something. To, like, I'm sure, I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of parents are like, "Nope, we're not watching this." <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it stayed with you for so long made such an impact. I think speaks volumes. Yeah, it, it, for me, it did. All right, let's move on to round two. We've got our most underrated TOS character. So this should be a good round. All right, Mike, kick us off. <laughs> Does Merciless Ming have siblings? Hashtag never blinks. You, you've got to be kidding me. No, no, no. You hit your little button. Wow. Yes. I'm talking about Galt. <laughs> I can't Damn. even believe this. That is Damn. amazing. Get this. I have uh, this long list of things that I was going to go through to talk about how awesome he is. And you <laughs> named off like half of them. Uh, like, yeah. like you, they're almost word for word. Do it. All right. So, look, first of all, he looks cool. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he can teleport. He has magic glow eyes. That's right. His, vo- <laughs> His voice has natural <laughs> reverb. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Nice. His head sparkles. Yeah. <laughs> he, he almost floats when he walks. He's always calm and collected. He has this badass goatee. 
the sweet Triskelion medallion that he wears. Yep. And he never wavers from his role as Master Thrall. He, I mean, he's he's just solid through the whole thing. Like, he's he does his job, and he's a badass. This is the Galt Hour, and Galt kicks ass. Love Galt. Welcome to Trek Rings, brought to you by Galt. Yes, Galt. <laughs> Amazing. I cannot believe we have two awesome rare out of the blue <laughs> duplicates all right anybody else on galt any other thoughts there jeff i'm ordering my throng <laughs> collar right now on amazon it's on sale and uh, I, 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 I just love that deadpan stare in his eyes that never changes Ever. so good his always looking straight ahead yeah it's an amazing performance amazing character love that we both have it amazing all right Andy, what's your uh, number two pick? Number two underrated character. Let's see. Uh, no ice cream for you. Hashtag. Are you drunk? Yeah, I use this. I used this. I reused a hashtag just because it's great. <laughs> and uh, I'm talking about Riley from from the Naked Time. Oh, fantastic! Oh, yes. Who's just seems like he's completely hammered down in engineering. Pulls the little platter out, and it's full of like the the the, the protein cubes, and then. And then Uhura comes in, pisses him off, interrupts his song, and he just starts yelling at her, no ice cream for you. Kathleen. Kathleen. Sorry, I couldn't remember. I thought it was Uhura. No, the song. Oh, the song was Kathleen. Okay. But yeah, I always I, I, I always, I always, loved that scene. I wanted to see more Riley, but mainly I wanted to see him drunk in more scenes. One more time. One more time to himself. Uh, Riley's an awesome pick from from Naked Time. I'm glad Riley made it into this one. Totally underrated. Absolutely character. fantastic pick. All right. Any other? And he was in uh, Conscience of the King too. A little more serious. Uh, that's right. That was, that's yeah, when he was victim of the yep. uh, the spray bottle poison. So you know. Yeah. Now, now what was he? The same yeah. character? Yes. Was it the same? Yeah. Name? I think yeah. those yep. maybe he made a few had some more appearances. So all right, Riley, awesome, awesome underrated character, no doubt. Jeff, how about you? What's your uh what's your underrated character pick? Oh man, sorry, Trek Ranks listeners and and, and Tricorder Transmissions fans. I could not resist my 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 five words, and, and I'm going out on a limb here because I know I'm gonna get roasted for this. My five words are Star Trek's biggest missed opportunity hmm. biggest and my hashtag totally going to give it away hashtag star trek drained the lizard ah oh, of course of course my it's pick is the gorn of course it's the gorn iconic and so horrifically underutilized i mean what could have been a great recurring alien race just tossed aside after a single episode and I am not counting TAS and I am not counting that thing from Enterprise. <laughs> Awful CGI on Enterprise. That oh my God. is not the Gorn. So Imagine the Gorn hegemony playing a more prominent role in the Trek universe. I mean, conflicts with, with maybe other villainous races, man, yeah. come on. The possibilities are endless. The Gorn versus the Klingons, the Gorn versus the Borg. I mean, how amazing would it be to see an assimilated Gorn? A Gorn? Come on. That would be the most menacing and frightening friggin' thing possible. I mean, it, it's beyond endless. It, it just And the sad thing is it wouldn't be so hard to do with modern technology. They could totally do the Gorn. They could model him perfectly after the rubber suit. 
and 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 modernize them a bit and throw them in the discovery, man. Get them in there. We got to see one in Discovery. Oh, uh, sorry, Gorn. Oh, the skeleton. Oh, <laughs> totally not cool. But but That's totally cool. But you gotta say, you know, now Lorca has his his uh, you know den of horrible, terrible weapons and things. He had enough respect for the Gorn to have the Gorn represented in there. So that to me means something. I love this pick from Jeff because. Under under no circumstances, this is a, some good Anbo uh, jujitsu by you to to navigate this. Under no circumstances, <laughs> the Gorn captain underrated. He's clearly not. Oh, no, I think he's, he's underrated. underrated. I think he's but underrated. What, but what is underrated is the fact that they didn't utilize him more. All right, wait a minute. Flip it around <laughs> a little bit. He's not underrated by Trek fans. He's underrated by the writers and producers uh, of Star Trek. Yeah. Another another good spin. I love it. That's <laughs> fantastic. Sounds to me like Jeff needs to start creating his own Gorn fan series. Uh, I might already have done that, but I'm not giving you a link. You could do a Christmas episode. Oh, now that would be something. <laughs> just just for reasons. Yeah, SantaGorn.com. It sounds like we're on to something here, guys. Sanagorn.com. Sanagorn.com. I'm saying it's a thing. Things happen. All right. Let's move on to my number two pick. And I'm going with a, with a tried and true character. Hashtag, my five words and a hashtag is trusty, ever-present security guard. Hashtag died once but was back a week later. Lieutenant Leslie. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen. For someone who was an extra on Star Trek Enterprise for one episode, how could I not pick the all-time quintessential Star Trek extra, Lieutenant Leslie? He's in the background of 57 episodes of TOS. He was in the fight and the lineup in Trouble with Tribbles, which means, of course, he also appeared in one episode of Deep Space Nine because he was there too. The guy, he was in... He was on Delta Vega when in uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before. He told Kirk to go basically go pound Sam. We're, we're mutiny. We're going to mutiny when he was on high on spores and this side of paradise. He was turned into a cube by the Kelvins and by any other name. He's taken prisoner by Khan in Space Seed. He even died in Obsession, which we're calling back. So we have two Obsession mentions. And then a week later, he was back with no explanation at all. So he's the he's basically the red shirt that never died. And I love Lieutenant Leslie, played by Eddie Paskey. Love that character. We, we pay tribute to him on year four. Are you kidding me? This is great. Great nope. tie-in. He, 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 is, he is featured in a song on year four. So I so my dream is coming true. I am going to see more or hear more about Lieutenant Leslie. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's in a very interesting light, too. You'll have to wait, 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 wait. <laughs> oh. That's a great tease. And I'll tease before we get into round one. We're going to dive a little bit more into five-year mission and year four before this episode is out. So stay tuned for that. We love Lieutenant Leslie. That was an awesome round. I cannot believe Galt got two picks. He's everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) All right. Round one. It's what Trek Ranks does. Let's talk about our... Number one underrated episodes. Mike, what's your pick? That is one big pussy. (laughs) 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 Wow. It's true. It is. (laughs) Wow. I have another five word thing if you want me to replace it. (laughs) I caught me so off guard. 
But it's, it's, hey, it, it's, it is. It's a huge cat. Okay, cat's paw. What's your, what's your hashtag? Oh, the, the hashtag was trick or treat. Oh, I got it. You okay. probably didn't hear me because Andy was laughing. So <laughs> yeah, that is what happened. All right, what? Uh, why'd you pick cat's paw? I love this. Well, a lot of people tend to uh, put this episode down, and uh, or you know just kind of consider it one of the lesser episodes of the series. Um, but, yeah, Andy says because it is. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I think the episode's fantastic. And when when I when I drew that episode to do a song for it, like I remembered the episode. I remembered that it was like you know the spooky one with you know, Halloween stuff in it, but I went back and watched it and I was like, this is actually a really good episode. And it kind of irritated me a little bit when we were working on year three and, and uh, Patrick had been watching the series and he said that when he got to cat's paw, that's when he stopped watching because he thought the episode was so bad that he didn't continue and finish the series. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that episode's awesome. Uh. So, <clears throat> Just like with uh, with Galt, I have a long list of things that are awesome about Cat's Paw. <laughs> Rattle them off. Let's hear them. There's death and curses. There's fog with ghosts. <laughs> Witch ghosts. <laughs> there's I a, don't know. Witch ghosts. <laughs> there's a haunted castle <laughs> with trap doors, a dungeon with skeletons, a spooky black cat. You get Chekhov's wig. Zombie Sulu and Zombie Scott, yep. and there's magic and a sexy bald dude. There's mm-hmm. a shape-shifting adulteress, <laughs> and then there, there's and, and you know the bald dude and the adulteress Sylvia and Korob. They have this love triangle yep. with Kirk, and and there's the cool Enterprise <laughs> pocket watch, and then later the cool Enterprise pocket watch in an ice cube. The episode yes. has voodoo in it. Yes, yes. It has Kirk seducing an alien mm-hmm. woman because we you know you never get that, and, <laughs> and and also what this episode has is something that's pretty rare is there's a fight between Kirk and Bones. I mean, how how Ooh. often in the show did they mm. really get into like a brawl with each other? I like that. And then immediately True. following that, Kirk True. and Sulu, like he fights both of them in the same scene. Mm. Also, there's puppets. Yeah, pipe cleaner aliens, <laughs> and and there's and there's also and there's also all of, all of Sylvia's outfits, all of which look like they're like they were designed for clowns, <laughs> and the designer was tripping on really bad acid. Especially the third one. It was the, the big like curly fro wig. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yes. You you forgot about the Enterprise hanging over the fire, which was fantastic. And I mean, I, I mentioned the Enterprise on on an ice cream. Yes. Uh, yeah, but uh, but you know, yeah, she holds it over the fire and it makes it ah, hot. That's awesome! It. Like that's some voodoo right there, man. And let's just talk briefly about the oh, yeah. pipe. Those those pipe cleaner puppets are the creepiest freaking thing. Oh my god! They give me nightmares. So we are. Oh, okay. And before we get off this, my number two all time favorite five year mission song is Cat's Paw. Yeah. Written by Mr. Mike Rittenhouse. It is unbelievable, yeah. people. Go find yeah. this song. Nice. It's phenomenal. It, it'll tug at your heartstrings when you hear Karab singing about his love for Sylvia and the fact that she's betrayed him for Kirk. It's 
really, really fantastic song, Mike. Awesome job. And it made me appreciate this episode even more, which is what five-year mission does. So now, now, Jim, real, real quick, just for just as an aside here, real quick, are any of my <laughs> songs at least in your like top? You 10? are your song is in my honorable mention eleven to twenty. Your trouble with triple song. You go to hell, sir. That's go, pretty go good. Damn, go to hell. Andy's an honorable mention. Wait, 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 you go wait. straight That's to hell. Pretty high. Let, let me let me continue this discussion. <laughs> How many Mike Rittenhouse songs Jesus. are in your top ten? Let's not go there. I think it might be it might be four or five, but the top three are all Mike Rittenhouse songs. If I'm, if I'm being honest, yeah, yeah, they are. But let's say let, let me let me say this, Fark. The number one video of all time from Five Year Mission is definitely Fark Five Farks on Trouble with Tribbles. People Google okay. it, find this video. I don't know how you guys put that thing together. That was really, really good. It looks Magic. professional. It looks professional. Magic fog. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. We're going to do some more five-year mission talk later. Number one pick, your top underrated episode, Andy. What do you got? Five words and a hashtag are uh, black or black on right or left. Hashtag alt-white. <laughs> and of course, Ooh, getting political. I know. I just, I, 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 cu- I couldn't resist that hashtag though, because it works so well on this one. So yeah, of, of course, talking about let that be your last battlefield, because Love I d- like I've seen it cosplayed a bunch of times, and the sh- the from the the sh- Sharonians was that race? Because I because I know they were from planet Sharon, so I'm just guessing at this point. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I don't know they, I, sh- Sharonites, whatever Sharonites, sure. But uh, this episode I've always loved just because whenever whenever I'm, I'm trying to t- tell anybody that hasn't really watched the original series, it's that it was way ahead of its time uh, politically. I mean, sometimes it was a little subtle. Sometimes oh, yeah. it was a little heavy handed. This one kind of mm-hmm. kind of towed the line on that one. It was a it was it was a very fine line that it was walking between being super heavy handed and being kind of, you know. A little, a little like, eh, racism, eh, get it? So, yeah, I, I really, I really, really love this. It's, it's, it's one of those ones that I, I recommend as like a good standalone episode. And I, I loved it. And plus, you know, you get that whole scene that I talked about earlier in the episode <laughs> with Beale's awesome running. Let's please talk about Beale running through the halls more. <laughs> I mean, this episode is is it is under it's it's well known and and it's you know I don't know if it's popular but yeah. it's well known. But I think a lot of people think it's campy and too on the nose. Exactly. But it really is a deep deep episode that works and hits almost at, at every level. Yeah, I mean, and and again for the for the sixties, it was like it was they, they were tackling a topic that like not very many shows were going to tackle and then it was also a, in, in a nice yep. sort of way because hey exactly. it's racism in space so yep. they, they can kind of get away with it yeah so this is this is one of the episodes and I, I know i talk about social commentary in star trek it's one of my favorite things about star trek period is the fact that they use the science fiction platform to explore you know our modern day and, and at the time issues in our own society. And this is one of the ones I always call out uh, when I'm making those points about how groundbreaking Star Absolutely. Trek really was. Yeah. Totally agree. All right, Jeff, how about you? What's your number two? What's your number one pick? Andy, I know you're a sensitive bastard, so <laughs> plug your ears. 
Oh, God. Um, I'm going to say that my, my number one pick for the underrated episode is also tied for my favorite five-year mission song. Uh, there, there are two songs that are tied for number one. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Andy's going to be hurt, and I'm sorry, Andy. Um, my five words are, who says androids aren't funny? And hashtag that mustache, though. Season two, episode eight, I mud. Oh, fantastic. Man, I've heard really? so many people trash this episode oh, yeah. to... over the years. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, I, when 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 I we originally did the episode on iMud in the original mission, uh, I, I got some very visceral feedback from some people because I really loved it and. I, you know, I, I said things on that episode like I, I think it's a far better use of the Harry Mudd character yeah. uh, than his original introduction in Mudd's Women. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a much better representation of him. I mean, there's always been that comedic aspect of Mudd, and I thought the Mudd's Women was just it's, – it's, it's kind of a tacky concept. I mean, I know that it, it tackled some some issues, but I mean, it's a tough one for me to watch, and I think I Mudd – is a far, far superior uh, Harry Mudd episode. I mean, it's got a lot of other great things in it too, like near sentient androids. Uh, it's got a, a, a great Kirk leadership moment in it. Uh, there's a really big moral dilemma for Uhura, yeah. who also gets to play a much bigger role in this episode than she normally gets to yep. play in, in TOS. And it's got a lot of great doses of levity in it. It's just like the perfect balance of sci-fi and comedy uh, and and you know moral choices. I mean, the sequence where uh, the Enterprise or talk crew are talking the androids to death is just classic Star Trek to me. Uh, you know, it's it's got that great comedic ending with Mud getting his uh, ultimate comeuppance with you know 500 copies of his wife uh, to torment him. And you know, well, we know, and I know Jim hates when we mentioned TAS on the show, but we know that he winds up escaping. Uh, by stealing another ship uh, in 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 uh, Mud's passion in TAS, uh, only to come back and and try a similar scheme to Mud's women in the animated series, but I think this episode is just woefully underrated uh, in my own experience in talking with other Star Trek fans. I think that's fair assessment. A lot of people just dismiss it as as campiness, and it is campy, but it's fun and it's great. Yeah, and it's an awesome five year mission song. Absolutely, it's definitely unbelievable. Definitely in my top ten. It's one of my favorite Patrick songs. Yeah, man. Yep, for sure. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Great hooks, man. Just just a great pop song. Whether you're a Star Trek fan or not, just a fantastic friggin' pop song. So let's uh, close it out with my number one pick. And I'm going to uh, start this off. It's not quite, but it's close. Because it got a serious mention earlier in the show. And so I'm going to highlight it right now. Five words and a hashtag are Zenite gas make not smart. Hashtag stratosphere more relevant today than ever. <laughs> and for me, it's the, the cloud minders season three, episode 19, right at the end of the TOS run and kind of gets lumped into that, that season three bucket where everyone says season three is not great. Savage curtain. I love the savage curtain. I almost picked that one too, but uh, I, I would say this, the cloud minders is a great, episode of star trek totally underrated and it's it really is it it has everything it's one of those i mean we talk about the star trek morality plays this is like 
the top of the charts. It's not only dealing with the classism and and the racism, which is again more relevant today than ever. But when I rewatched this, because I was thinking about this was in my uh, wheelhouse to pick. When I rewatched it this week, I realized they also have this, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, but this prescient science versus people who don't believe in science argument yep. that was happening in this episode and how that's – I've how, never heard of this argument How is that even potentially relevant today? But somehow it is because we have these, these people who just want to be – purposefully ignorant and uh so i i love it all the the, the art culture versus the troglites I, I really love the final scene where kirk l- locks himself into the into the cave with uh with vana and plasis and proves to them you know that by breathing that uh, the gas so i just i love this episode and i'm gonna say a bonus underrated is vana the troglite is Probably, oh, God, probably man. my all-time number one underrated TOS beauty because she was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can see that. Love this episode. What uh, What do you guys think, Did, Mike? Didn't Didn't you just watch this episode yes. today? <clears throat> Actually, uh, uh, for uh, uh, for Neil Carpenter, he asked me today what episode I was referring to on Facebook. Uh, it's this one. I, I went to watch a little bit of it to just to uh, remember some stuff uh, uh, about. Uh, forgotten uh jeff Corey. oh yeah um i i watched it but then i was only gonna watch like five or ten minutes i ended up watching the whole episode because it's so good um <laughs> it really is so it, good it, it is it's a great episode it, it kind of gets forgotten when you mention it, or people kind of oh, think yeah. it's hokey because of the the cloud city or, or whatever but i i feel like it's it's seriously underrated well, you, yeah. you got a lot of episodes right before it, like Lights of Zetar. That right, right. <laughs> you, you, you can't. You know, you just like oh, we're done. There's no, there's nothing else in this series. I shouldn't even keep going. And, and I'll I'll close it by saying there's a there's a fantastic Spock quote that again is more relevant today than ever. Where mm-hmm. where he's basically saying to Droxine or challenging her, she he says, all the little things you and I understand and expect from life, such as equality, kindness, justice. And he's questioning her because she's basically denying those of the troglites. So pretty amazing, pretty uh, pretty on-point episode. Phenomenal pick, Jim. Oh, Absolutely right. phenomenal pick. This was on my short list for this slot as well, and I, I can't agree with you more. And it's a great Spock episode, yes. too. Yeah. Um, there's so many great Spock moments. In this one, but, um, you know, probably uh, this was really hard not to pick this one. So uh, I'm glad that you did. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, I was bouncing between a couple, but I decided I I wanted to highlight this one, which I I think fits this category. All right. Any uh, secondary systems picks from you guys? Any uh, any outside any just picks that might have just missed your list? Sherry Jackson's outfit. <laughs> that ain't, that's not underrated. Nope. Get out. Get out. Nice. <laughs> Any chance to mention it, man. All right. I'm going to, I'll highlight a couple. I, I had uh, Ted Cassidy as Ruck. I think people yep, kind of over, they think of him just as the big hulking guy, but he's, his speech about the old ones is really yeah. so good. And I always loved Commodore Mendez. I don't know why. That guy just spoke to me. Played by Malachi Throne in the Menagerie, I just uh, I love that character for some reason. So, wanted to highlight those two as uh, performers. Anybody else? Anybody else want to jump in? I got some more. Uh, one of wait, one of my favorite underrated scenes. Um, 
this is going to make me sound preachy as hell. Uh, but one of the reasons that I love that in canon, it is it is established that Spock is a vegetarian in, 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 in all our yesterdays. And being being a vegetarian myself, I just I just love that he like was just kind of going crazy in that cave. And then like he eats that meat and he's like, I've behaved disgracefully. Yeah. I've eaten animal flesh. And I just I, I just I always love that. And I always like to toss that one out there when like there's goofy internet arguments going on it's like dude spock was a vegetarian <laughs> you usually worship that guy so shut up i i like that pick a lot that's a, and every scene from all our yesterdays with spock and mccoy and uh and yet again there's a there's there's another completely underrated episode sure. in and of itself yep, right for there. sure yeah well it's also in that group that comes right at the end that everyone that's right out. because like it's, it's it's it seems like most most season three episodes kind of just get overshadowed and forgotten just because you know it's season three well, it's because you got like the empath and <laughs> all those episodes in the middle well let me highlight a number all right let's say what how about season three underrated uh, so I have another season three episode to highlight. It was my, the one I was thinking about. I actually really like this episode. I know a lot of people don't, but for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. That's a great episode. Well, that's, a, that's, that's a great McCoy heavy episode. Exactly. I love the McCoy love story angle of this. And I think the performances are, are really strong in that episode. And I love the set design. Oh, totally. So it's really the only love story he gets. That's true. Yeah. Even in the movies, really? But, but let, let, let's you count the love story with his beard. That's true. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Anyone? Any any other secondary systems, Jeff? I would be remiss if I didn't throw out Spectre of the Gun. Ooh, yeah. I think I think that you know, and this is funny because um, I I originally for many years actually thought this was a terrible Star Trek episode, and uh, only after I actually interviewed uh, Mark Cushman and and read. Uh, his uh, these are the voyages book series that I truly start to appreciate uh, Specter of the Gun uh, for what it was and you know I, I was too consumed with the, the 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 sparse sets and the cheesiness of the episode um, you know and, and I I wasn't uh, aware of it enough to understand how really good it actually is and I think people who dismiss it really should give it a second chance. Totally agree. It's it's. Uh, we got a lot of layers. That's a that's a strong episode. Oh, so many layers, and and you know, and and you got to give all of the actors and actresses in that episode a nod for pulling that off, uh, knowing how sparse and and uh, you know underfunded that episode yeah. was. Well, I all of season three was underfunded, so <laughs> kudos kudos to them for even pulling off a season three. With oh yeah, the budget was so slashed. Right on. All right, I'm gonna close it out with one. Oh no, what do you got, Mike? Yeah, uh, I was gonna say I, I, I'm gonna say it. Spock's brain, of course. Oh, of course, yes. Very, you know, of course. It's, it's a fantastic episode, and I think that it gets yeah. oh, it's a great episode because of where it's placed in yeah. in Star Trek. It really is. You know, like yeah. well, it, it's it's the season three opener, and that's the season that killed the show. Wait a second, yeah. Spock doesn't have a brain. <laughs> <laughs> when I think when we get the viewer. The listener feedback, we're going to get a lot of Spock's brain picks for sure. Yeah, I think so. I, I got to say, speaking of Spock's brain, McCoy's performance in that episode yes. is phenomenal, yeah. especially during the, the, the brain, uh, you know, retransplant scene when he's starting to lose, uh, you know, the ability to do it. Oh, yeah. I, I think DeForest Kelly just, he so shines Love in that it. scene. 
All right. I'm going to close it out with one more shout out, which we're going to talk about a little later. Another tease for some more five-year mission deep dive. I'm calling out Richard Daystrom, underrated character. I love that guy. He's, he might not be underrated. I just I just love William Marshall, the the, the actor, and I love that character. Uh, even though he's pretty much lived throughout Trek as the founder of the Daystrom Institute, which is cool continuity. Okay. Uh, I knew this topic was going to be super fun and interesting, and we'd have some awesome deep cut picks. And that's why we're going to you know, continue this with uh, TNG underrated and DS9 underrated in the future. So great, great topic. Let's wrap this up by starting our regeneration cycle and then going through a recap of our picks. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. All right. Can I have you guys rattle off your picks really fast so we can get a quick recap of a uh, snapshot of our picks? So, Mike, what's, uh, go through yours. So my number five pick was Nomad from The Changeling. Uh, number four was Jeff Corey, who played Plasis in The Cloudminders. Number three is William Shatner and Sandra Smith. Amazing. <laughs> from, from Turnabout and Twitter. Uh, number two, Galt from uh, Gamesters of Triskelion. And uh, my number one pick was Catspaw. Fantastic. Andy, how about you? Number five for the underrated production design element was the Tantalus effect from uh, AKA Kirk's Death Mirror from Mirror Mirror. <laughs> Number four, underrated actor, I had William Wyndham, who we all know played Matt Decker in the Doomsday Machine. Uh, number three, underrated scene, of course, it's uh, Beale's goofy, goofy run from the end of the episode, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Uh, number two, underrated character was Riley from The Naked Time. And number one, underrated episode, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield spectacular list jeff run through yours all right number five was the alien laboratory set from the empath number four was sandra smith as dr janice lester and captain kirk in turnabout intruder number three shatner's performance in obsession number two the gorn from arena of course and number one my most unrated episode is i mud fantastic all right and i had for round five, our production design elements, Matt, the, the matte paintings from uh, throughout Trek's uh, TOS history. My number four for actor performer was Joseph Ruskin as Galt. My number three for the Dabo round was Dr. Corey hanging on a wall creepily in Whom Gods Destroy. My number two for underrated character was Lieutenant Leslie from 57 different episodes of TOS. And my number one underrated episode was the Cloudminders from season three. So let's run through a few stats here. I So we had two robots. That's pretty good. The Changeling and iMud. I like that. Three torture episodes. And we had three shout outs to the Cloudminders, two for Gamesters, and two for <laughs> Turnabout Intruder, which is amazing. We had pretty much basically three duplicates, which is unheard of for a topic like this. And I'm going to count these up right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine mentions, uh, picks that were pretty much season three. 
So a lot of season three love on this episode of TOS Underrated. All right, so thanks, guys. And as we do every week, we've once again entered a temporal causality loop. The Enterprise has been caught up in a temporal causality loop, and I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. But this week's temporal causality loop is going to be a bit different because I want to take full advantage of having a five-year mission here in the house on the eve of their release of year four. So this week, we're, we're stuck in the, in the causality loop, and the only way to get out is to have five questions with oh, five-year mission. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to break it out, and we're going to grill these guys with a few fun questions, which uh, I know you guys are going to love. So let me just uh, and let me just reset again here. So, I, you know, one of the main reasons I timed this episode to, to be released around the time of this five-year release is because – not only would I knew these guys would have a good deep cut knowledge of TOS underrated, and yes, the five year mission is obviously underrated. But but the main point is that when these guys are doing these songs, they're cutting into these these amazing you know finding these cool little nuggets or or maybe it's a huge in your face nugget about every episode and writing a Star Trek song about it. These guys they'll literally make you appreciate Trek in ways it you know more ways than you already do. So, I mean, trust me, if you're listening to a show called Trek Ranks, there's a decent chance you've watched the original series over and over again. And I'm telling you, when you hear their songs, it makes you think about the episodes in new and different ways. And it's just been really exciting for me to uh, to get to know these guys and listen to their music for the last, uh, what, five, six, seven years now. So, and, you know, one more thing, just to be clear. These guys, they're not a, this is not a parody band we're talking about. These guys are super talented musicians. These songs are extremely original and clever. And if you love indie rock or alternative music or really any kind of live local music, give this band a listen. Go to fiveyearmission.net. I can't say it enough. Just go get year one. Trust me. You'll listen to it. You will be hooked. You will love it. Oh, Jim! By the way, don't 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 miss mentioning this. If you if you love Five Year Mission, uh, you can definitely take a listen to our "What Are Little Songs Made Of" series that we did with uh, with the guys, which we still need to do way more episodes of. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But we have all of the episodes up for all of the songs uh, on on season one, and they're all great. You hear all the behind the music type information about all the tracks, and uh, it, it was a hell of a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to, to doing more of those with you guys. Those interviews are, are great. I still have all of my notes for year two. <laughs> nice. Yes. Nice. We're going to have to use waiting. those. I'm waiting. We need to do right. it. I, and I was actually going to mention that, Jeff, so I'm so glad you jumped in. I was going to close with that. But uh, another fantastic show, What Are Little Songs Made Of, on here on the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. Okay. So you guys ready for this? I think this is going to allow, I think, listeners to get you know whether you're a fan of five-year mission maybe get a little deeper into your psyche which might be a scary thing for uh for some of you guys especially me <laughs> it will it'll also allow newcomers to get a feel for for what you guys do so here we go question five dun, dun, dun. what is your favorite song that you guys have done for what you would probably describe as not a good episode uh <laughs> like the Mike and I's reaction was like, it's a tough one. The same. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Friday's Child. 
I've never been a oh. fan of the episode Friday's Child, but I think Chris really knocked it out of the park with that song. I mean, it's I'm not normally into ballads as much, but his vocal performance on that song alone is just phenomenal. And like I like I I always I always like to show off like the last that last crazy note that he holds out. Yeah. Which, 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 when, whenever, whenever I'm singing along to it, I always, I, I always like to change the lyrics because it kind of sounds, sounds like he's saying James McElvoy. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm singing along, James McElvoy. Well, a, a little, little insight into that note. Chris insisted on actually singing that note perfectly all the way through without like any editing or whatever to, to make it. He, he really sang that like it is on the album. Nailed it. Uh, it's such I, a long note. So it's insane. Wow. So I love, That's I impressive. love that pick. I actually love Friday's child too, the episode, but the, I, my favorite thing about that song is if I remember literally the first time Harry, I'm thinking, okay, there's gotta be a, a Leonard James Akar shout out here at some point. Right. And then when the, the song is building to the end of the crescendo. I'm like, oh, here it comes. Yes. <laughs> it, it's so well done. So well done. All right. That's awesome. Pick. So, so my, my choice is the Omega Glory. Okay. Oh, yeah. which we haven't heard. Okay. Well, some, some people have yeah. heard because you guys have been playing most, it live for a while. Most of our fans who have seen us live have heard it because we've yep. been playing it for like two or three years Two years now, now yeah. Because awesome. that was one of the first songs that we worked on. Completed. We, we, we were yeah. playing that song when Spock's Brain came out. So so that's Ooh. two uh, – yeah, that's right. Yeah. Two uh, Chris Spurgeon songs. Love it. All right. Question number four. You're in a runabout heading out on a dangerous mission to a planet. What three Star Trek characters are you taking with you? Pick anybody you guys want. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> I will choose Spock, Data, and that's a smart runabout. Uh, seven of nine. I love it. That oh, is a wow. s- smart runabout. And if, if, if any one of them is not available, then I'll take the doctor. All right. How about you, Fark? I am going to go, uh, since we say, since we don't have to stick with original series, I'm going to go Jadzia Dax, McCoy, and Dr- drinking buddy. Yeah, exactly. And I'm also going to go with Trip Tucker. Oh, I oh. almost said Trip. Because <laughs> I love Trip. Trip, yeah. Trip is by far my favorite chief engineer over all the series. I love that. He's in my top 10 all time uh, character ranks. I- Actually, I, I guess great. I forgot to ask, where are we headed in this shuttle, Greg? <laughs> it's a dangerous mission to a planet, man. Okay. If the dangerous mission is like, you know, fix fix the weather on Ryza <laughs> and then hang out for a week with the people you brought. You might need an engineer or if it's a fix a play, you I'm, might I'm, need a doctor. I'm going to change it to an engineer and take Bolana. Okay. Oh. But, you, but you already had seven of nine on there. I don't care. Seven okay. of nine in Bolana. And then I'm going to That's why this, this is why we asked the question to get into your psyche. Okay. Jim asked the hard questions. Number three, back to five-year mission. What was the toughest song for you guys to just finish? I'm curious about this. The Day of the Dove. <laughs> oh, whether it's yeah, so lyrics or arrangement or whatever. Is it Day of the Dove? Or we're gonna... Didn't even have to think about that. <laughs> oh, man. Well. In in a way, in a in way. In a way. 
Day of the Dove is the very last thing that we finished for year four. Like and literally we, we, the we, day we, we sent it out, we were still messing, messing with the Knicks. Yeah. Um, but for me, the hardest song to finish out of all of our catalog was a piece of the action, which is, has a very similar story to day of the dove. I wrote the lyrics the day before we recorded them, which was the day before we sent it off to be pressed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's pretty late. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I I didn't know what to do. I like I I we had the song completely recorded and and right. I knew like the melody, but I just didn't. I I had some ideas for the lyrics, but I really had to just sit down and come up with something. Well, All right. The the, t- the toughest one for me personally was that was the Givers of Pain and Delight, <laughs> mainly because the. <laughs> Mainly because the the second song that I wrote for the Spock's Brain album was awful. <laughs> Musically, it was good, but the lyrics and me actually trying to like literally like sing, sing, like hit notes and stuff. Yeah, that 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 wasn't happening. Jim's no, heard second song. I oh, have heard second. More yeah. has heard second. <laughs> That's song. right. Isn't it horrible? It's pretty awesome. It's pretty yeah. funny. Oh, it's all something. It's all full. It's hilarious. Well, then, so sub-question, what's the toughest song to get the drums right on? What was one I really struggled with? Devil in the Dark? No, Devil in the Dark was pretty easy to do. Maybe, I, I, maybe I'm thinking more on my end because we recorded two entire drum tracks full length. That's true. I would say, what's um, on year four? No, one of Noah's songs. The oh, return to tomorrow. Return to tomorrow off of year oh, four. That's, I love that's this the one. That's the one that I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to say was the toughest one for me to get the drums on. Normally, I can get drums in like one or two takes. Well, it's, it's those those hi hat. Well, he doesn't really. He has nobody's heard it yet. So. I, I love that we get to look forward to all these. Yeah, so so you you you'll, you'll hear why. Uh, well, actually, the drums for Spectre of the Gun were really weird too on year four, because because normally I can do drums on like a drum track in like one or two takes, and I know both of those I really struggled with. I was like, all right, take twenty five, just like minute of it, <laughs> and be like, dang it, oh, and I got to start all back over. Yeah, a, a reverse answer to that question is the easiest drum track we ever recorded was the Taste of Armageddon. Oh, that's true. First <laughs> we, 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 done. We, yeah, we got it set up and we said hit record and Andy and I played through it and then we were done. Yeah. One, one take. One take. <laughs> oh, one take park. Another great song. Another, another written house. All right. Question number two. If you guys could play one show, what venue would you pick? Quarks, Vicks, Sandrines, or the 602 Club and Enterprise? I'm going to go with Quarks because it just seemed way, way rowdier. Vix was a little. I, I, I would feel out of place. Makes at, sense. At, at Vix. Oh, definitely out of place at Vix. I mean, yeah. that'd be like be like us going to like a jazz club and being like, <laughs> hey, we're going to be. Yeah. And then and then all the people sitting down were like, what? Yeah, this? the people in the front would be plugging their ears just like at conventions. Yeah, I have a feeling <laughs> Quarks. Quarks. If, if, if we were to play at Quarks Bar, he'd probably have like a shot special running. And people would just get absolutely hammered enough to really start enjoying us. I mean, even though apparently they would probably have to negotiate our payment at the end. That's right. Cause well, you'd probably at the, at the, at the end of the night, me, 
talking to Quirk because I am the beehole. He'd, he'd try to stick if, yeah. if we're having trouble with a promoter, then, then we'll, then we'll just have, send, have words. We'll send Chris to talk to to Lita while you. That's right, because he's the handsome well, one. While you distract Quark. And she'll she'll talk Rom into paying us. <laughs> oh, you guys were great. You should come back again. Uh, Andy. <laughs> you know you do it. You do it. Andy. Andy. <laughs> please tell me you guys have a keyboard. <laughs> a great story from STLV's past. Lending Max Gredenchik your keyboard. All right. Because this is Trek Ranks, the number one question, of course, is What's your favorite five-year five mission song that you guys have done? Or, or if that's too tough, what's the song that you know really resonated with you and, and really maybe continues to do so? Wow. Favorite, favorite, that, favorite. That's, that's really hard. Strike ranks, um, man. Strike ranks. You got to pick one. You can change your I'm, mind tomorrow. I'm going to choose Spock's brain off of year four. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> All right. Another thing, a labor of to. secret love. Let me tell you guys, you'll you'll hear it. Oh my god, yeah, you will. <laughs> uh, not for real though. Uh, I think I think the, my I think my trouble with Tribbles song. Um, I, I maybe I'll pick that one because that's just such a fun song and like yeah. e- everybody participated yep. in it like vocally and and that's one of those brilliant deep cut songs, uh, listeners. I mean, it's it's. The way it, I love that it layers in R. Darwin and uh, Deep Space Nine as well. So it's got that song has it all. Scratch that. I'm picking Shore Leave. Ugh. <laughs> A great song. All right. So then, what song should we look? Should we be looking forward to most on year four? I think Spectre of the Gun. That's 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 my so Spectre of the Gun and and the Day of the Dove because the Day of the Dove is and and Day of the Dove Mike is basically a sequel to uh, it's basically to a trouble. sequel to, to 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 Mike's Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, I, I have to be fair and 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 pick one from each. Oh God. Each of us, because uh, it's hard. It's too hard to choose. I know. I know. Don't be fair. No, like, none of those, I know, those guys aren't I know, listening but, to this show. I, I, I love them all. That's the problem. <laughs> Take me to the top. Shout. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sweet home. So because this is Trek Ranks, we are going to debut a brand oh, new yeah. song from Five Year Mission tonight. And the way we picked this song was basically when I was talking to Mike, I said, well, let's uh, pick the song off year four that's ranked the highest at TOS Trek Ranks. Ooh. And that yeah. turned out to be, drumroll please, number 18 on Trek Ranks, The Ultimate Computer. Um, so we're going to play that for you right now. A mic song, of course.
That's, uh, I mean, that is a classic five-year mission song, sound, and deep cut. Because I love the way, it, I mean, I almost feel a little melancholy listening to the M5 talk about the excitement of his uh, new role and just wants to do his job. <laughs> is that kind of, I guess that's the angle you were looking for, Mike? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I thought we, we're always writing songs from characters' perspective or just about the episode in general. And then I thought it would be really cool to tell it from, from the M5's perspective, um, which is, yeah, you know, it's, it's just been turned on for the first time or or whatever. And like it, it just wants to do its job and do it as efficiently as it can and, (laughs) and prove that it's a better captain on a ship than an actual captain. And along the way it kind of makes some bad choices and, 
then they pretty much, you know, Dirk does his trick the computer into killing itself. <laughs> and then you know, then it's done another little uh, uh deep dive is one of like three songs that, that patrick plays uh keyboards on oh yeah yeah oh that's cool well i, I like that m5 is just kind of in denial about it he's like oh oops but hey i'm still the man i know what i, I know right. what i'm doing here that's, yeah that's one of my favorite lines in the songs when, when he's like oops i blew it up oops i blew it up so what so what's I mean, it's a fantastic song, and it's pure five-year mission, so we love that. Soon to be added to the list of top ten. Oh, I can't wait. I'm trying to set – got to figure out when I'm going to adjust the top ten. I'll probably wait maybe a month, maybe two months, and then we'll see that. You can Another find – Another Rittenhouse in the top ten. That's all we need. You can find the five-year mission top ten at Trek Ranks at trekranks.com. And Let's wind this. <laughs> we, you, you and honorable mentions are there. Hey, when you first read that, you said, I'm just glad I got it mentioned. So. <laughs> I'm just glad to be part <laughs> of the conversation. <laughs> All right. Let's finish this up. Longest episode ever in Trek Ranks history. Maybe, maybe not, but totally worth it. So just to close it out, a reminder, we want to hear from everybody. So keep your list coming to me at Trek Rank so I can retweet them. And please put together your own list of top five TOS underrateds and give us a call at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527. That's 609-512-LLAP. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks and on the next episode of Trek Ranks. We are finally, finally doing our first standalone episode for Star Trek Enterprise. Cool. So because And because I love kind of relaying all the statistics of, uh, of Trek Ranks and our episodes, I can tell you that we've now completed 27 total episodes of Trek Ranks, including episode zero and or NX00. And 20 of those episodes have been all Trek topics. And we've done two TOS and two DS9 specific shows. We've had one each for TNG, Voyager, and Discovery. So the only series we haven't done yet is Enterprise. And we're going to fix that next week. And our Enterprise topic is going to be the second in our high concept series. So we've previously done Voyager. And now we're going to do our top five high concept Enterprise episodes. So Mike and Andy, and by the way, Jeff had to drop off, so he's no longer with us. Really quick, what's uh, not much time to think about this, but any thoughts on a high concept enterprise episode that jumps into your brain? Uh, that's uh, that's kind of hard because they have quite a few of them. Um, Agreed. I, I, is it is it wrong of me to just say all of season three? I like that. I mean, one of the season three ones that jumps into my head right away is Similitude, obviously. Ooh, with the yeah. uh, the concept of growing a second trip. Oh, I love that one. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, there's a there's a there's a ton of them. So, all right, it's going to be a great topic, great episode. We'll Did finally you have get one, Andy. Uh, I personally love season four, uh, Affliction, just because you get to see uh, oh, trip be a yeah. trip be a badass, and Flocks get gets a, gets kidnapped by the Klingons. So that, that's, that's a great. That's, and- that's a two parter too, isn't it? Yeah, diversions and affliction, and that's about as high concept as you get. Figuring yeah. out why some Klingons have flat foreheads. That's right. Unless, unless you're going to go with awakening. 
Oh well, that's a funny. That would that would choose awakening as. I'm not sure I would call that high concept, but it's an (laughs) awesome episode. I I really did not enjoy the background acting on awakening. (laughs) I mean that that dude's hair almost got caught on fire. Sparks shit doing the shake. It's it's okay if you want to use if you want to use those defiant photon torpedoes for this. That's right. You can you can shoot Fark. Well, how about how about instead of that, we'll. What are you gonna do to me? Red alert! Battle stations. <laughs> <laughs> them, them fighting words, Fark. Those are fighting Don't words. Okay. Like a... All right, let's wrap this thing up. So a huge thanks to Mike Rittenhouse and Andy Fark of the band Five Year Mission, and of course to Jeff who was with us earlier the founder of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. So awesome show, guys. I I mean, can't say enough. So glad to have you on. I'll be able to talk some five-year mission. Hope you guys had a good time. Always. Thanks for having us on. Uh, make sure next time you're in Chicago on business, let us know a few months ahead of time. We'll set something up in Indianapolis. You could rent a car again and drive down and see us. And don't forget, April 27th, year four is now available. Go download it at fiveyearmission.net. These guys are awesome, and I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep harping on it because it's my show and I can do it. These guys will add to your enjoyment of the original series in Star Trek. These uh, songs are fantastic. So thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And just want to thank everyone for engaging with us here on episode 26 of the Trek Race podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. I can see you will all prove invaluable here. I am Gold, master thrall of the planet Triskelion. I have been sent to welcome you. Hi there, thanks again for listening. If you're cruising the galaxy looking for even more Trek talk, why not visit our good friends Bill and Dan over at trekgeeks.com? They've got a great podcast that covers a wide range of Star Trek topics, so you're sure to find something you'll love. And if you're in the mood for some awesome tunes, then you really need to head over to 5 The guys are writing a song for every episode of the original series, and each one is absolutely brilliant. So that's trekgeeks.com and 5 Check them out today. <laughs>